Welcome to the Team Trashcast, where we reflect on our 20s and childhood through the lens of topics every other week. And we try to figure out how to laugh about it and learn from it. I'm your host, Wasteland, a.k.a. TJ. I'm Dr. Compost, a.k.a. Aaron. I'm Logan Landfill. And today's topic is going to be all about cooking, a, a topic that is very dear, uh, near and dear to my heart. I love it very much. And we have a guest joining us, um, a very good and old friend of mine. I call him Leo Dio, but his name is Chris. And Chris, first of all, we're glad to have you here, sir. Yeah, welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Chris, so before we kind of get into, well, Chris and I have known each other for a long time, but we actually used to be roommates and um, we met each other through the dance world, but also during the time that he and I lived together, Chris taught me a lot about cooking throughout that time. Chris, like where, where have you found necessarily your, um, have you had like one particular big source that you like learned about like how to be in the kitchen? I mean, mom is always a good source. You know, my mom cooked for our family growing up, so she was always like a good resource, you know, phone her up, you know, how to cook this, how to, you know, cook that, whatever. After that, it's just YouTube. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, Chris, um, unfortunately, we have some pretty strict rules when it comes to our podcast is that um, in order to be on the rest of the show, you have to enter our trashy world and be deemed with a trash nickname. So before we, well, uh, for us to get started, do you have any ideas of what you want your nickname to be? Jeez, <laughs> uh, I don't know. D- like what was your what was your nickname? I my nickname is Wasteland. Aaron's Wasteland. nickname is Doctor Compost. Yeah, that's and me. Logan's nickname is Logan Landfill or Landfill Logan. Just depends um, on the week. It really okay. does depend on the week. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Um, I have an idea. One. Yeah, what's your idea? Uh, I thought of I this... love my original one. I said while we were pitching earlier. I really uh, do. I'm not gonna say it. But... <laughs> okay. I I so I was thinking about like uh, what happens when you when you make food and like what happens when you make like meat is that sometimes there's a lot of like fat drippings and stuff right oh my um, god i was literally thinking that <laughs> so i was thinking drippings um or <laughs> or like d rippins <laughs> the name's rippins d rippins <laughs> it's spelled exactly the same i can claim both you know it's true D Rippins. Yeah. Like if you want to go rap and you want to like be funky about it, you can call it D Rippins. <laughs> That's like, awesome. Goodness gracious. Hey, you guys came up with it. Thank you for christening me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. All right. So um, are we, we, you shall hereby know be in the, the trash universe is because we have our guests come back. And so this is your nickname within our universe. You shall be known as Drippins or D Rippins. Yeah. Rippins with a D. Um, hey, guys, I just want <laughs> to point to out. Show, sir. Sorry, sorry. This is really important to me. I know everybody. I feel like everybody on their sh- on the show has like their one thing that they like. Like Logan destroys his six pack every time. But your boy brings the nicknames oh so okay all right you know that's that's cute um (laughs) (laughs) now that drippings has been added to our wonderful universe i have a question for you guys do you like to cook yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a yes or no question (laughs) it's a a yes yeah yeah wait really i didn't expect everybody to say yes actually so i like to cook but Sometimes I hate how much time it takes. I know that's like a sacrilegious thing to say. <laughs> because like... No, no, that's, I find it very reasonable. I've heard lots of people say like, I've heard of, like recently, this was a take I never heard before until last month. Somebody said cooking is like cool, but it doesn't seem worth it because all the time it takes to make the dish versus the time it takes to eat yeah. is annoying. And it... so I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I, I understand that. Yeah, I yeah, kind it's of, like a, it's sorry. like a very dedicated, like, it's like a very dedicated, like hobby or like task to do. 
Um, and it also kind of depends, like, obviously, like, what you're doing, too. So that's true. I think, like, yeah. if you're going to make, like, something, like, very intricate, it's a lot of time and dedication. That's mm -hmm. like, key. Yeah. To your point, there's also a lot of trial and error sometimes, too. Because, mm -hmm. like, yeah. you make a dish and you mess one thing up and then, like, you don't get to taste it until, like, all of the work is done. Well, that's not always true. If you're doing, like, a soup or a broth or something, like, there are ways, of course, that you can taste things as they're being made. But if you're making something, something with, like, seasoning and stuff, it's hard to sometimes tell if it's your first time ever making that dish, whether or not you've seasoned enough or any anything like that. Right. So yeah, it can be tough. I know sometimes for me, the thing, the struggle is like, I'm a band director and during the fall when there's marching band, I struggle to have enough time to cook because I will go, I'll be at the school for the school day. And then after that, we have a rehearsal at some point in the evening. I don't typically get back until like seven o'clock, eight o'clock some nights. And so I will end up going for the most part, I'll, I'll end up going, getting food somewhere. It's typically fast food and it's, it's not great because it's not, not as good for you. Like it's obviously better to cook cook at home because you can control your ingredients and all of that but it's time consuming it can be hard to fit it into a schedule sometimes no, I, I completely agree with you uh, you know there are certain aspects about making food cooking food that are really a pain can it, if if i'm allowed to say this a pain in the ass you know prep work takes time depending on what kind of cook that you're going to make. If you're going to make a stew, it takes time. If you're going to be baking or roasting something, it's going to take time. At the end of it, of course, there's the cleanup, which is always like, you know, a pain in the ass. So yeah, completely agree with you 100%. Yeah. I'm a big fan of cooking. I love it. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, in our next segment, I'll kind of like get into it a little bit, but I've even slowly... Not slowly. I, I, one thing I do on my Instagram a ton is I post a lot of cooking pictures. I don't know, man. Like cooking is just, I love it so much. I've, I really get a big like kick out of it. I'm actually going to use this to transition into our next segment for the episode. It's time for Trashy 20s where we tell a little story from our life. So basically what I want to hear from you guys, if anybody has one, is I want to hear a story about what cooking represents to you. Um, if it was okay with you guys, I'd like to kind of share uh, what I was kind of thinking of. It's all right. Yeah. Um, and you guys, we, we all kind of, have t we, we We've kind of touched on this a little bit already, but cooking represents for me a few things. It represents a mental stability, represents self-care, represents accomplishment, pride, success, and uh, and honestly, in, in some ways, confidence for me. When I find myself in the kitchen, given my struggles with organizing things and kind of keeping things together, for some reason when I'm in the kitchen, it, it things just click for me. I'm in charge. I know how to set things up. I know what it needs to to get done. And if things also don't come out perfectly, I can adjust. But it's 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 a place I feel like I'm fully able to be in control and I'm able that but I'm also able to do well. One thing that really clicks for me when it comes to cooking is that um I can't remember where I heard this, but basically when you cook, let's say you make a recipe, you're you have a list of ingredients. First thing you got to do, maybe go shopping to go ahead and get all those ingredients. In that and of itself, you're starting a quest because maybe you need to go to multiple places to find maybe one <laughs> random or obscure ingredient if you don't have everything already in the house. To be honest, sometimes if I'm like planning a day of cooking, sometimes that's actually part of the fun is going to shopping for the thing. When it's like an after work meal, I don't know. No, nobody wants to do that. But when it's like, I, this is what I'm planning to do with part of my day, I, I really enjoy it. So, you know, you set it out, you go to get your groceries, you come back home and you kind of lay out what needs and then prep work. Prep work, I'll be honest with you, prep work is kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> Um, it, but it's probably like, you know, one of the biggest pieces of cooking, make sure everything's together and that you have exactly what you need. And so you've kind of basically, you have steps that you need to follow to make sure that the recipe is completed. So basically what I've told my brain to do is I've told my breast, my brain to go on a journey. I've told my brain to organize and follow certain steps and then to complete a goal. Because when I'm cooking, like when I have a dish, I've completed a goal. I've, I've 
finished something. I've accomplished something. And honestly, that makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel like, okay, there are things that I can do in that like, okay, sometimes I don't feel in control, but this is a place I really feel in control. So basically the cool thing about is about completing the goal of cooking is that not only is it just like, okay, I checked off something on the to-do list. It's a tangible thing. It's a goal. You can see it, taste it, smell it, maybe hear it if you're at a sizzler. Like you, you get a chance to really see your accomplishment and experience it rather than just knowing that you did it. And then on top of that, you get to take that accomplishment that you have and made and you get to share it with other people who get to see that you did something good. I feel like I'm about to preach. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, see that, who, who see that you did something good. Can I get an amen? Let me stop. You, they, they, <laughs> amen. Um, <laughs> they see that you did something good and your friends or your family or your significant other or whatever can tell you, hey, I saw what you did. I saw you took the work to do something and you did this thing well. And I like the thing that you did just by a simple saying like, hey, this is really mm. good. So I can get all of that by cooking a meal for like somebody I'm seeing or cooking a meal for a friend. Like one of my biggest joys, honestly, in the past, I, this past like decade of my life as I've become a young man has been cooking for people. I love cooking for a day. I love I've cooked a lot for my family. I've cooked plenty for my friends. I get a big kick out of it because to be honest, it's not really about cooking for them. It's far more about, it feels really good. And I like doing it. I like that. Like I can, that's a way that I can give up to people. So for me, it represents like so much about making me feel good. To be honest, it's cooking for me is a form of self-care and a form of love. And granted, you know, it's also survival. <laughs> you you, you yeah, got to eat. Right. It's, the reason I, it's important. Yeah. It's, a, it's the reason I had this belly. You know, if I didn't love <laughs> pasta and Italian food so so much. <laughs> it's all about um, calories and calories out, fam. Yeah, but yeah, you either like I don't know, man. Is it possible to like to like love cooking and like be completely fit? Yes, it is. But why bother? I mean, um, Gordon Ramsay. I, that's, that's exactly what I was. <laughs> no, that's um, that's what it, it, it cooking represents for me. It's just uh, all of that. That was from the heart. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. That really <laughs> that was that was good, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's see. So to follow that, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be succinct. So what cooking, I think what cooking means to me is all about love and, you know, caring for the other person. Yeah, there's there's self-care for yourself because, yeah, you can cook for yourself. But I think it's more of like self-care for the other person. Growing up, like I said, you know, it's my mom who, you know, fed us. After that, like, you know, when my mom was uh, here in the States, it, it was surrogate mothers. You know, my dad had people who he hired, you know, who helped around the house and, you know, helped us cook our meals and they cook for us the way that they would cook for their families as well. And so, yeah, it's all about taking care of each other. The first time I really cooked, actually cooked a full meal, it was for my mom and dad's anniversary. I just made breakfast, but it was like a traditional Filipino breakfast. So that was pretty cool. Let's see. Yeah. Like Wasteland. Is it your, your nickname's Wasteland, right? Yeah, but uh, Chris, you, you know, it's okay. also real life. So you can call us uh, either our trash yeah. names or real names. It yeah. doesn't matter. They're interchangeable. Like TJ said, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a cool way, like, you know, to actually, you know, connect with somebody that, you know, you, you want to be close with, you want to be intimate with. I did it for my first serious girlfriend. You know, she loved eggs. And so that's where my passion and my love for eggs really kind of came from. Yeah, uh, you know, it's all about love for the other, you know, making sure that the food that you're presenting out there is something that you are 
really proud of that you know is going to get eaten up because it tastes good and you know that's going to fill them up and it's going to send them on their way with a full belly and you know it, it's going to sustain them and not only that too but a really important part of food is it ties in intricately and intimately with memory if you make an amazing dish it could be as simple as scrambled eggs fried rice whatever or it could be like something intricate as like beef wellington if you execute it well and that person like you you hit the right notes for that you know person or persons that you're cooking for it's a memory that's going to linger in them it's and it's not just in the mind it hits multiple senses as well like your sense of taste your sense of smell your sense of sight the sense of of touch believe it or not like you know how it feels in your mouth actually adds in there too and all of those sensations basically just bolster and support that memory and makes it like long lasting it's it's the next most sensual thing to sex Mm. you know if you think about it it's you know it's intimate you've actually made something that's going into another person oh my god (laughs) it's it's carnal and that sense but it's true hey man yeah (laughs) i I can dig it i've never been more Um, uncomfortable talking about food trust me it's weird that i talked about it starting with family and then it ended up like that so there's yeah yeah, you went from a mother's love to penetrating somebody (laughs) with a dish like Okay, we're keeping this PG. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like I said, it you know it's familial and it's also intimate. Yeah. Meaning like oh, oh okay, no, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. No, I th- I definitely think that's that's true. Just to jump off of what you're saying there, Chris, uh, that's something. I'm sorry, Drippins. Um, that's something that. <laughs> It's it's interesting to think about it that ridiculous way. Ridiculous show. Yeah, it's great. Um, I've never thought about it being so intimate, but that's that's a really good point. I always thought it was interesting that people were always like, "Oh, guys, they can cook." But when you think about it, it's definitely true. Like as an aside, how food kind of relates to me and kind of the way the thing that it mean, means to me is my girlfriend and I. We do a lot of cooking together. She does Hello Fresh, which it, this is not sponsored. But like, if if you wanted to, though, HelloFresh. Yeah, know? we we are we, we, really, we are we are absolutely available for sale. Any any anytime you need us, just let us know. Yeah. But she does HelloFresh, and so we'll we'll cook those meals together, and it's it's really fun. It's really nice to be able to to cook together, kind of as a team. It's just kind of a way to to like tag team on a task and do something together that like uh that it's fun, and then we both get to experience what it's like at, at the end of it. Um, what the dish tastes like and everything i'm sure you know in the future we'll probably like look up different recipes on our own and make a whole day trip of like going and getting the ingredients and stuff because that does sound like a really good time too Um, it's a lot of fun mm -hmm. like going from finding the recipe to completing it like you can make an entire day of it yeah that sounds like a really cool idea and actually probably a pretty cool quarantine date idea hundred um, percent. Although it depends on, I mean, you can't really social distance when you're eating. Um, I mean, she's your girlfriend, but you know. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe not a first date, y'all, but if it's somebody that you're seeing, because you know, yeah. If you got a twelve foot kitchen, so you can say six. <laughs> <laughs> 
We had the biggest kitchen in the world. Biggest private kitchen. <laughs> you got to use like a six foot like like stick to like just like saute some onions. It's <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> like a... you got like a six foot pole attached to like a skillet, and you're just like like sauteing onions. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to like flip it, and the, the like the stick breaks. <laughs> Logan, do you have anything? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, no. It's like I I can't. I shouldn't say I can't cook, but like I don't have enough experience really yet making a lot of different things. So I don't really, I don't really have too much experience. Like I said, just make, just even going on, just like making random stuff. Does it represent like that's 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 why I thought this question was intriguing because in that case, then does cooking for you in if I'm putting words in your mouth, like please let me know. Does cooking represent like an obstacle or something that is like unfamiliar to you? Because I think one thing interesting about doing a show about cooking is that not, not every single person needs to be like we're all varying levels. Like when it comes to like Chris is a far better cook than I will ever ever be. But like there's gonna be like varying levels of us like on the show. <laughs> He's like. <"Yeah."> <laughs> <laughs> So like, Logan, does it represent something that's because the thing is, you know, the whole thing about us in our 20s is that there are people in our 20s who can't or like don't cook or that it's just like it's, you know, like let's make stuff from the box like it's a hassle. Like, I don't know. Do you relate to any of those types of statements? Yes, I would say it's a struggle as far as like what I kind of am dealing with currently. I think outside of that. If I'm like spending time with Abby or whatever, like I, if I have the stuff on hand, like I will, I will experiment and try to make something like I didn't, I haven't made before that like I, that like I would try to, or that I would want to make for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Like tomorrow, like I'm hanging out with her and we're going to, and I'm going to make us pancakes. So it's like, you know, some just random, random and just different. So, but yeah, it's like, I want to see like things that like I haven't made for us. Like I get a sense of like enjoyment or fulfillment. Like if I'm making stuff like her and I, like I get Mm -hmm. that sense of fulfillment or enjoyment out of that. But if it's just like me, if I'm just like making stuff for myself, like I don't really, I'm not like thinking of a bunch of stuff to like scrap together to like make like something like intricate. Like I just, yeah. What is it? Because like you and Aaron guys, you talk about, guys talk about it as though it's like bonding almost with your partners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely part of it too. It's it's yeah. community in a sense, also. Right. I mean, the, y- you can even think of like biblically of breaking bread together. You know, that's that's something that people right. talk about all the time. It, it dates back to that and beyond. You know, like sharing a meal together is a, it's a big, powerful community experience, which I think is part of the reason that times are you know frustrating right now um because it's hard to do that coming from somebody who's older than their 20s now i would have to say that um if all y'all are in your 20s and still are learning how you know just you know the rudimentary skills of cooking that's absolutely fine i like my first hand at cooking like i said was like probably when i was 18 and i really didn't start like just you know cooking on a fairly you know, regular basis until I was in my 20s when I got out of college because I wasn't really cooking while I was in college. Right. So there's really no timeline. It's it's a skill that ultimately, if you want to pick up and you want to learn, that's up to you. Yeah. Do any of you guys remember the very first thing that you made? And I don't mean fancy. Like, I mean, like, does you, do you guys have a, like a memory of like the first or at least the first like competent dish you ever made? Yes. Yeah. What'd you make? Bowl cereal. <laughs> um, oh, wait, do you guys want to know what mine was? That's before, so good. Before I actually, before I actually mine, 
how to make rice. I learned uh, how to make rice using a rice cooker, not like the other way around. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mine was a, uh, it was a, it was like a oodles and noodles, or I guess people, not everybody calls it oodles and noodles. Some people, because I know it's ramen, but yeah. like I'm black, so I grew up like learning it as oodles and noodles before That's I learned fun. what ramen was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that they had the same thing. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I like the first thing I ever made was my sister. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My sister, because of Oodles and Noodles, I learned how to make pasta, like or at least like to start learning how to cook pasta. That's cool. because my sister would take. She wouldn't make Oodles and Noodles like on the stovetop because I don't know why she didn't. Like it took us like a while to level up to that. But she would take a bowl and then she would pour water in it. And then she would put the she would like take the uh, the the packet of noodles and she would crunch them up. Like she would just like take them and she would break them. No, 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 no. She would Sacrilege. take the bag of noodles and my sister would literally punch the bag. <laughs> like, like she would literally like just like go to town on the bag of noodles, like and break it into little bits. And so when you like open it up, it was like all like little noodle bits or whatever. And then she would pour in the seasoning and put water in it. And she would put it in the microwave for three minutes. And granted, I know you can do it like that or whatever, but like ever since I started cooking ramen on stovetop, I've never gone back because I'm yeah. not an animal. No, but like, <laughs> but no, because of that, my brain, I, I kid you not, I was like 15, 16. I saw my sister doing that for like a year. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on just a minute. If she can do that, I could do with that. with ramen. Can I do that with spaghetti? Like, <laughs> and so and, the, and so then what nuts. happened next is that like next I just did the same as I think. Took a bowl of water, cracked up a bunch of spaghetti noodles, and put it in the microwave for seven minutes and just like let it cook. Obviously, not the best way at all to cook noodles. But to be honest, the noodles came out just fine. And best. when you're poor, you just learn how to make stuff like this just ridiculously. And so. It took another step for me to be like, wait a minute, if I can, if the water is hot in the microwave, what if the water is hot on the stove? And so, and so that's how I got to, to making pasta as I do now was that like seeing my sister do that. I was like, hold on, there's, there's, there's something here. There's something to this. <laughs> I think the first thing I made was probably ramen noodles. I don't remember. I don't have a, I don't have a good memory of it, but I guarantee it was something like that. Or maybe it was like mac and cheese, like easy Mac. Oh yeah, that's um, that's making some craft mac and cheese. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Did y'all's parents teach you how to cook? No. Sorta, kinda. Like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. My, my my mom always had recipes, and she was a good cook. But my mom, and she's told me this now, that she hates cooking. Mm. And I didn't necessarily learn from my sister. I was inspired by my sister. <laughs> I would see things that she did, and I would copy her. And so then I started to kind of like build on things very slowly. It was like, it was like, there were two, I remember like, honestly, in my like late teens, there were like five things that I ate. I ate chicken breast, ramen, cheese nips, celery, and carrots. And then I think uh, there was like maybe one other thing I ate, but I pretty much like had a diet of just that because I was poor. And like, those are the only things I could like buy. And it was, you could, you could get, if you bought like a a five pack of chicken breast, you could make it last like a week or something like that, you know? Mm Um, so I would, I remember I saw my sister, how she did the ramen. So I would eat it like that. And then my friend, I had a friend at the time who I literally was at his house and I saw him pull just some chicken breast out of the stove. And all he did was put it on a cookie sheet on some aluminum foil. And he just put it, he baked it for like 10, 15 minutes or whatever. I was like, huh. So I had the same revelation when a friend (laughs) of mine. When a friend of mine actually pulled out a can of tuna mm-hmm. and mixed it with mayo, put some salt and pepper, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> like it was delicious. 
That's awesome. So I saw him like I saw him sprinkle salt on it, and that was then that was it. I was like, okay. So I went home, did the exact same thing, except I added a couple more spices because season your food, listeners. If there's one thing yeah. I, I want you to take away from this, season yes. your damn food, please. Yeah, it's a lot better um, if you do. Yeah, but uh, I saw him do that, and that's what how I learned how to make chicken. Is I started making chicken by baking it in the oven. So mm. with those, like starting with like ramen and like chicken it was a very slow thing of like seeing things on the internet or like learning things from friends it was a very slow grind and slow build to me getting to where i am now i'd say over the course of about 12 years of cooking so it was it was very it was like random influences i would see something and then i'll copy it and largely honestly do you want to know something that got me to making like recipes and fancy dishes was i was probably about 21 22 was uh the tasty recipes like those guys oh, that are like instagram yeah. and facebook mm-hmm. like i would see videos of that and i was like oh that looks really cool i want to replicate that and so that got me like people don't like tasty videos because like sometimes they don't make the most authentic dishes and that's fine i, I completely get it but it gets people inspired and it gets them cooking and it makes it approachable and accessible and that's what should matter is because what is that fat guy from ratatouille say anybody can cook you know like, a, you guys know what I'm talking about? Gusto from Ratatouille? No? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyone can cook. And it's true. So, yeah. This um, woman that I work with, she actually gave me a recipe for Ratatouille. She actually gave me a recipe for it. Wait, that's seriously? awesome. Yes. Dude, that's pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah. I'd love to make the Dude, I'd it's love to actually, make that It's you. actually her sister's own recipe. She's like, oh, I got to get this. It took wow. her like two and a half months to actually get it to me because, like, because like she does like Instacart, so she like does like shopping for like other people and stuff. I would never like see her, or like when I would, like she wouldn't have it on hand. And it was like a month and a half ago she finally got it to me, but and I still have yet to like make it. But um, I know I will eventually though. But yeah, bro, bro, if you want to, um, like you know, once like case stuff kind of like comes down COVID wise, I would love to make that with you. You'll like I, I, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be I, that'd be a lot of fun. I've never made ratatouille. I think it'd be like a fun challenge to do. All right, so next question for you guys. What is the easiest thing? And I'm going to ask you what your fanciest thing is. What is the easiest thing you can cook? What's like, what is your, your go-to? I don't care. It's what's your depression meal. Like, what is your easiest thing that you can cook? Cereal. I was going to say cereal too. Wow. <laughs> easiest, easiest or simple. Like what is your go-to simple like act- dish? So actually putting on the stove is simple. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, say that again. Actually, putting on the stove or actually, uh, impl- you know, putting on fire, basically. I guess so, uh, we can we can say you have to use heat. It could be any okay. source of heat, I suppose. Well, uh, then egos. Um, but I would say, like, <laughs> you're such a tool. <laughs> uh, mine's toaster strudels. There you go. Yeah, pop tarts, awesome. Yes. Um, Is a bagel um, count? <laughs> Yeah, hey, you have to cut them <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, okay, so a modicum of, of knowledge on how to cook as opposed to just heating it. Making rice, even with with a rice cooker, I, I have no problem with it. Anybody who messes up making white rice in a rice cooker, we've got words. We, we're going to have words. <laughs> And if you don't own a rice cooker, that's fine. But I tell you, get one because it comes in handy. Um, you know, what, that's actually, all I say. You know what? Drippin's actually uh, at when um, we stopped living together. He gave me his rice cooker as like he's like one that he had for a while. And I, I to be honest, it's probably one of the applications I use the most in my home. 
is that rice cooker. It is a great, wonderful tool. Like I didn't pay a single cent for it, but I, I get so much like money's worth out of it and make like a lot of rice. What's my easiest thing I can make? You know, the crazy thing is I was going to say like butter noodles is like the easiest thing I could make, but I even kind of do butter noodles kind of bougie now because of that Babish video. <laughs> for me, my easiest dish is probably just eggs and bacon, which is like, I mean, it's hard to mess up making bacon and hard to mess up making eggs. Um, just don't burn them. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you don't burn the eggs or the bacon, I guess, for that matter. But I like to do like the bacon first and then the eggs in the bacon grease, which I just- Bingo. Yes. There you wow. go. That extra added there little zing to the eggs. It's so good. It's so, so good. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Logan, do you have an easiest? I mean, probably just like oatmeal, like honestly, like just, there you go. yeah, li- literally. Yeah, like oatmeal is phenomenal. Like, you know, making instant oatmeal or even like, you know, regular oatmeal where you have to actually heat it up in, in a pot and whatnot. It's almost like you're making risotto if you think about it. It's true, actually. You got to move it around, making sure that it gets the right consistency. Some of them like it runny, some some of them like it like really thick. And after that, what kind of oatmeal person are you? Do you like it sweet or do you like it savory? Some people like to add butter and salt. Uh, others love like, you know, maple huh. syrup with, you know, or honey with raisins, butter, you and fruit, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, for me, it's eggs. Uh, too. Uh, I know I mentioned rice, but eggs are also pretty easy. Like as long as you time them right, you can make scrambled eggs, fried eggs, or you know just boil them for like six, seven minutes. However, that's it. you know what? I'm also going to throw a sandwich in there as an easy make. You know, that's a good old fashioned classic. True. Can't go wrong with the sandwich. Toasting yeah. it a little bit, nice and crispy, melting your cheese just a little bit. You know. All right, boys, ready for the next question? Yes, mm-hmm. finally. All right. So I don't know if these are two different questions. If they are, we'll answer, we'll answer them differently. One, what is the fanciest thing that you make? And, or what do you cook if you're trying to impress someone? I don't know if those are two different dishes for you. It's so it can be like, what is the fanciest thing? Okay. So like, what is either the fanciest thing you've made and or make? And, or what would you cook if you're trying to impress someone? I wouldn't say I've made anything like super fancy because again, like kind of going back to like our very first question, it's like, I don't have enough experience under my belt like I haven't like experimented enough with enough stuff I would definitely say like one of the best things I've made my mom kind of helped me out with this it was like one of the first things I ever made was cheeseburger rice oh that sounds really good yeah is yeah. that like hamburger helper or something no it's it's white rice it's like a half it's like it's like two cups two cups to maybe like half of like box of like white rice and then it's like ground it's like a pound of ground beef salt pepper mustard ketchup onion powder you can use like heinz chili sauce and then you add like a cup of water in as well you just like mix it around yeah okay that's yeah. A, that sounds really good it is that sounds, that sounds really it's cool. phenomenal it's that, that sounds like a hit so i haven't had dinner yet so i'm hungry now all right uh for me it's kind of it is the same thing for me my my answer is kind of both questions i if i'm if i'm really feeling fancy uh, i I really like to make a steak like steak dinner with potatoes um and like you make a good smelling steak thank you sir i appreciate it. every time i pop in the apartment and like you've made steak i get upset because i didn't get a chance to have (laughs) some because every time you do it it makes me crave ground beef i mean it makes me crave uh some beef beef every time Smells delicious. 
Thank you. It's it's a so I do I do something where like I I roast potatoes in a Pyrex like a casserole dish in the oven for a while. I typically try to aim for like 25 minutes, but for some reason the timing never seems to like be perfect. I haven't gotten that down yet completely. Then while that's uh, happening, I cook a steak in my cast iron skillet, which is the way to sear to sear steaks. And then after potatoes have roasted and the steak has kind of has cooked for a little while, I'll throw the potatoes down on the bottom of the cast iron skillet and put the steak on top of it. And then I'll put that all in the, in the oven to finish just to kind of let it kind of soak in the drippings a little bit more. And uh, you can throw like the vegetables in there with it too. Some garlic cloves also, of course, other Wait, spices. I'm the one who told you how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we came up with this, this together. This was a joint effort. This wasn't just you. Either you asked me how to spice up the steak or I just invaded your personal space and just told you. I mean, honestly, um, it was probably number two. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're, you're definitely probably right. I just walked in and was like, hey, have you tried this? Yeah. <laughs> No, but it was a really good idea. Yeah, that's the way that I do my steaks now. And if if there's like an anniversary or something, like maybe my girlfriend's birthday or something like that, or or maybe I'm just craving a steak because you know what? Treat yourself. So the fanciest thing that I can make, oh, sorry. The fanciest thing that I've made is one of the last dishes I made a couple of months ago. I made a beef Wellington with actually with, if you listen to our video games episode, our friend of the show, Rad Roach, um, is the one that I made the beef Wellington with. It cost nearly a hundred dollars to make it was the most expensive like piece of meat i've ever like bought but you buy like this um basically buy some like beef tenderloin you wrap it in like a mushroom duxel and like some mustard and prosciutto i'm like botching like i'm I'm paraphrasing a lot of this wrap it in prosciutto um refrigerate it for like a little bit then wrap it in a puff pastry and then bake it but you got to make sure that you bake it just right because you want to make sure the meat cooks on the inside just right as well as on the outside some people say that you can sear it beforehand some people say you don't sear it really it's you can do it either way it depends on how you do the recipe um, dude you remember the whole thing like for like you could tell people how to make <laughs> like, i'm so proud of you it's so uh, <laughs> that means so much <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, again, I am strongly paraphrasing this because uh, I'm saying it as though it's simple, but it actually was a, a good three days to put everything together to get the ingredients. You have to like you have to like season the beef tenderloin. We had to let it sit for a good 12, 24 hours, and then it also had to sit in the fridge. Like it was, it's a very it was a very long process that Red Roach and I took to get to it. But uh, Logan, you got a chance to try some of it, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So actually, uh, we served it at a uh, a party uh, that we had with some friends, and it, it just happened. It, it it was a coincidence that like we happened to like we meant to cook the day before, but it worked out that we finished the cook, huh? No, it wasn't. What do you mean? No, no, it was. We meant to cook, <laughs> no, we meant to cook the day before. We it's really okay. did. We, I'm just messing. Yeah, we really meant to cook the day before, but then it just kind of worked out. But we still expected to have the dish finished four hours before the party, but we didn't finish it until 30 minutes after the party started. And a lot of our guests got a chance to actually try it, which worked out because I realized the dish was huge. It was gigantic. Like there was no way it was it was for two people. I will never make that again. For that, That'll never be a thing I make just because I'm feeling like that is... And incre- like, I don't have a lot of intentional meals. You know, I'll pretty much, most of my stuff in my repertoire, I'll make just because I want to make it. But that is maybe one of the very few dishes I will ever, that and like dumplings are like one of the few dishes I'll ever be like, you know what, this is, like I need to like put time in. I need to, I'd like to have like somebody assisting me in the kitchen, you know, and I'll make it maybe for like a dinner party or a Friendsgiving or something. I think that is a special, that will be my, oh, cool. Wait, do I have a signature now? Like a dish that, like this, it's not a Gordon Ramsay dish, but it's more like a, 
a thing that like in my friend group that only I make, you know? So that's the fanciest thing that I can make. What about you, Drippins? Fanciest thing that I've ever made. It's not necessarily a dish. I don't, I don't really recall, but it's more of like the meal itself. Like I made a whole meal. Like I cooked an entire Thanksgiving dinner. So like turkey, sides, dessert, the whole shebang. How long did it take you? The whole day. And some, because you have to prep the turkey and the way I did it is uh, I actually brined it. It was a simple brine because I was looking up. It was my first time cooking the turkey too. So I was afraid it's like, you know, how's it going to come out? Everybody complains about turkey being dry. So I brined it and I used a smaller turkey. So it cooked a lot faster. So th- that worked really well. I made pies by hand. I made dinner rolls by hand like, you know, from scratch and then everything else, you know, the, the mashed potatoes, the green beans, whatever, whatever else, you know, that's associated with Thanksgiving. I did it. So that's, I guess, like creating the whole Thanksgiving meal was, was my feat. That's insane. Like with one, one person, one handed the whole, how many guests were you serving? I mean, it was just family. It was, um, it was uh, my immediate family and my my sister's husband and, and in-laws. How many people? Ten-ish. <laughs> One man? Wow. Um, they, I mean, the rest of the group contributed as well. Like, you know, okay. they, and they had like they had their own dishes that they wanted to bring for Thanksgiving. So that really helped. But like, you know, five to seven dishes by yourself, like you're roasting a turkey. This is the first time I've ever made like a big meal like that. So and what would you make if you wanted to impress someone? Varies. You know, you got to know your you got to know the person that you want to impress. But yeah, like like everybody has mentioned steak. Steak's hmm. always the, a, a crowd pleaser. Not steak, then you gotta you gotta know do your seafood. You, you know, I know you don't like seafood like wasteland, but it's not that I don't like it. I'm allergic to it. It's, uh, why do you, <laughs> you always say it as though this is a choice for me. <laughs> Fair but seafood, you know, aside from just fish, if executed, you know, if executed well, if you knew if you know how to make, you know, shrimp scampi, that's always pretty tasty. If you know how to make scallops in like some sort of a butter sauce with or if you know how to make linguine with clams, good clam chowder. Yep. My favorite and it's super easy and super quick to make is just mussels in a white wine reduction with garlic and butter and like crusty bread. Okay. Like uh, you know, remember the sourdough that I used to make? Of course, absolutely. I remember the sourdough so, like, I used to make. You know, if you had that fresh sourdough that's coming oh, out, oh, okay. Serve the person like a heaping bowl of like mussels that just came out of the stove. Like you know, it takes about two to five minutes for it to cook. Maybe less. I don't know. Can't remember. I have a. I'm oh, sorry. Have a nice like you know Pinot Grigio or Sauvignon Blanc or shit uh, Chardonnay. And then, you know, and the beauty of that or, you know, or even like lobsters, you know, you, you, I'm a fan of like, you know, when you eat, you got to get dirty with it. So like if you have lobsters, just serving them as is, is pretty good. If the person that you're cooking them for is not shy. And if not that, like snow crabs, if not that Maryland crab, which is wonderful. Any type of seafood, if you know how to cook them and cook them well, will impress anybody. Good. And, and if you really want to go esoteric, 
you can cook them a vegan meal and make them love it if they're not vegan of course mm-hmm. then that will blow their mind because now you're you're actually it's not just it's not just like learning cooking it's it's becoming more of like gastronomy it's become more like you know cooking science absolutely I think if I'm going to impress somebody with a meal, I have uh, two different like options I can go with because I-, I love that you said vegan option because it made me think of something I made that was actually, I'm pretty sure that was like vegan, gluten, dairy-free that I made. Uh, so a-, a while ago, um, this is months and months and months ago, I had um, friends over for, in a- actually, no, no, this was the same night that I'd made the Wellington. I had a few friends that were going to come over that were vegetarian. And I had another friend that like, they had, uh, I had a couple friends that had like a gluten intolerance or like they, like they had celiacs or whatever. They couldn't ingest gluten. So the beef Wellington is absolutely not something that they could enjoy. And, and here I am making this dish that I'm now like, okay, I'm now going to serve it to my friends. It's going to be great. I'm now, I'm going to have at least three or four people who won't be able to enjoy in the meal. So I'm like, okay, I want to, I don't just want to be like, Hey, there's some like carrots in the fridge, help yourself and get drunk. Like I wanted to figure out, I need to make an alternate dish that's still something delicious, tasty, that I took my time to make that they could also enjoy. So I went with something I always love coming back to, noodles. I took a veggie broth. I added some seaweed, some shiitake mushrooms, some chili peppers, a few other, I think I had some shallots, uh, a couple other things, garlic, to the broth and kind of just let it simmer for a few hours. And I took some rice noodles, which again, uh, gluten-free. Basically, I served them those noodles with that broth. And uh, I got one of the biggest compliments from one of my um, gluten-free friends. She was like, hey, I want to thank you for making something that like not only that I can eat, but you made something that I was able to be full on, like that I didn't have to make myself. So I like I was like, okay, this is good. So like whenever I do do something like this, I don't just want to half-ass it. I want to make sure that it's something, I want to make them a meal rather than just a substitution that they can munch on, you know? So it was an interesting challenge for me to think about how it could like, I don't know, it'd be really easy for me to like be lazy with like my vegetarian. A vegan friend might be a little bit more difficult for me, but I, I loved that compliment that like they felt full. Like they they had, they had they completely got to enjoy a meal. And so I was like, okay, if I ever had me somebody with that kind of insensitivity, I want to see, that's an interesting challenge to myself as a home cook to figure out how I can, build myself around that. And I, I don't know if I could do that shit long-term if I'm keeping it real, but just like a couple of meals, it's interesting to just have in the warehouse there. So that's what I would make like vegetarian or like um, vegan wise. But if I was going to make something for someone who's going to take a little quicker, I actually made a dish recently and I'll upload a picture to the Instagram where I uh, I took some chorizo, I crumbled it, started um, sauteing it in a pan with some vegan butter. I cooked some spaghetti on the side and then threw in some of the spaghetti noodles. Once, uh, once the chorizo was like, the chorizo sausage were kind of done cooking, I lowered the heat to low, took some of the noodles and then went ahead and just put them right in the pan while on low and then added a little bit of jar sauce. I, there was like some aria about it. I can never pronounce it. Chris, how do you say it? The what? The... Uh, it's like the spicy, it's like the spicy tomato sauce. Ariabata? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Um, I can never pronounce it right. But basically, it took, some, like, it was just some jars. Like, this was a, this was way more of like a, it looks fancy, but it's really, really not. Um, because what you're going to do is you have the color from the chorizo, as well as the flavor from, like, the as well as the flavor from that sausage and from the butter getting itself onto the noodles have a little bit of pasta water in there and just kind of keep mixing so you're going to have not only the red of the sauce but you have a little bit of orange too because of the sausage and then just go ahead and plate that maybe add some crushed red peppers or add just some pepper to the top of it it looks fancy but it's like a really great like it's a really nice like 
uh, impress somebody meal. Nice. Okay, guys. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Wasteland. I hope you're enjoying listening to the episode right now. I'm a really big fan of talking about cooking, but I understand that some of our listeners may not have as much experience with it. It might be more of a challenge. You might find it more of an obstacle or honestly, you might find it straight up annoying. Um, but I just wanted to say that maybe it might be good to take a page out of Lampill and Dr. Compost's book when they said um, that cooking with someone made it a better experience for them. So you don't have to necessarily change to trying to cook every day, but I would like to encourage you that there's a lot of resources out there to learn about cooking, trying different recipes. Like I said, I found a lot of inspiration by checking out videos um, about cooking. So I just wanted to encourage you. It might be really cool if you find someone to cook with. Not all the time, but each time you make a dish with a friend, it's a great way to hang out. It's a great way for you guys to get and accomplish something together and you're making a little bit of a memory. Plus you get to enjoy and take uh, satisfaction and what you got to do. Um, so I just want to encourage you, uh, find somebody to cook with. And remember, like the, the dude in Ratatouille says, anybody can cook. Again, I really am glad that you're listening to the show and I hope you enjoy the rest of it. Welcome back to the show, guys. Really glad to have you here listening. All right, it's time for our next segment. One of the favorites that we do here on the show. It's time for the dump, where we give you the worst possible advice that we can think of today. Guys, what are the worst cooking tips that we could give to somebody? Fit in the food. Always fit in the food. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Nothing says, you know, you love cooking for somebody else than, uh, than committing a felony. <laughs> Wait, is that a felony? <laughs> In COVID time, it, it might, it yeah, might be. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is now, you as know, it should be. The, you know, they say that um, whenever you cook, that you should throw a, like, you cook pasta, you should throw a little bit of spaghetti at the ceiling to see if it'll stick. Honestly, <laughs> that feels, like, too easy. Why not throw it at one of the people that you're cooking with, you know? Why not, like, throw it at any other place within the house itself? So, like, basically, anytime you cook the spaghetti, you just have, like, strings of pasta just flown around your house. Yeah. But, Start a food fight with food that's not finished yet. Mm-hmm. And also right. still burning hot on the stove. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, take the pan. <laughs> you know, you know. Some people tell you that you want to season your food, and they want you want to season your water. You know what they don't tell you? You need to season your fire. Go ahead and sprinkle some salt and pepper right into the flames, baby. Yeah. Come on, you're gonna get that nice smoky flavor. Speaking of which, speaking of seasoning, <laughs> actually, just leave all your food completely bland. Do not season it. Like never. <laughs> if you're making, if you're making, if you're gonna make like, we'll say a certain type of meat, like steak or something, just leave that bland. You don't need to butter it. You don't need to do any of that. Just it's just, good as it is. It's good as is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everybody has at one point. If you're a sushi lover, you know, I've tried sashimi, a nice slice of fish, you Jeez. know, especially. Um, I would suggest you know trying other meats out there. Um, yeah. I would suggest like chicken sashimi. You know, a nice raw chicken thigh or chicken breast oh my god (laughs) (laughs) have you seen the pictures on instagram of the person that's like i like my chicken rare and it's like it's like seared at the top but then the middle is just pink that is that is so so bad (laughs) then you see the next picture of like those uh those dudes that are carrying the um oh the the, uh, (laughs) the kid and dancing (laughs) 
yeah, 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 I got you. You know what else is uh, what is is probably like the best advice I could think of is uh, after you've finished cooking meat, if you if there's anything else that you're going to be cooking after the meat, uh, make sure that you always get rid of like whatever's in the pan. You don't want to cook anything in those drippings. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take a second there. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what's really good? Uh, if, if you're making some rice in a rice cooker, go ahead and pop it out, put it in a colander, and make sure that you rinse it off. <laughs> if you're cooking rice, stop the cooking process midway and just eat the rice as is, where mm-hmm. it's somewhat half soft, half crunchy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, al- it's, al- it's al dente. It's in al dente <laughs> rice. <laughs> <laughs> If you're trying to cut calories, don't count the, the vegetable calories because vegetables don't yeah, count those, for those calories. Don't count. Yeah. yeah, not at all. Right, exactly. Also, if you're trying to cut calories, stop cooking with butter or oil. I learned this the hard way. <laughs> you know what? If you want to keep all of the flavor in all of your like skillets, I'm not talking about your cast iron. I'm talking about your regular nonstick yeah, or yeah. your steel skillets. Never wash them. You want to keep all of that flavor <laughs> from everything that you've cooked. Just like it, it's a great way. They talk about seasoning your cast iron and that a really old one is a really fantastic. That this, it works the same way for your skillet that you use to cook your pancakes. Like, yeah, you might have used it to make a stir fry the day before, but this way the pancakes will just be built different. <laughs> Soy sauce flavored pancakes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, you know what? A savory pancake. That might not be the worst thing. No, I mean, they you, you might savory. be onto something there. There are savory pancakes and they are very, very delicious. And that's not me actually, you know, blowing smoke. Um, <laughs> oh, never wash your rice. Do not ever. There's no need to do it. It's a product that you bought, which means it's not dirty. Okay. If you bought it, that means there's no reason to cleanse it. Do not ever wash your rice. <laughs> right. Oversalt everything. Nobody <laughs> likes a bland meal. <laughs> I mean, the saltier, the better. Yeah. If your kidneys don't shut down, you didn't salt it enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> if it doesn't burn as it goes down, you clearly didn't flavor it yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can go one end of the spectrum where you leave it all bland, or you can go the other one where you can't actually even see the meat underneath the seasoning. It's just a solid layer of, like, pepper and, you know. You've taken a mound of MSG and just rolled a steak in it and just, just gonna, like, eat it just as that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's a country fried steak with MSG. Speaking of country fried, just a little food safety PSA. Always cook your meat well done. In fact, you know, just, <laughs> just to be safe, you might you might want to carbonize, like put a layer of carbon on on top of your uh-huh. of your steak. You know, like, I actually, I actually, I only trust people that cook their steaks well done. I believe that they're the most trustworthy people, the most stand-up Americans. You, you yeah. should make sure. Matter of fact, you should only ever be with people that cook their steak well done because they, uh, they know what's right. And this might, this might be too much of a terrifying, but I swear it's a thing that some black people do is where they cook that, cook that steak well done. I asked my mom how she wants her steak. She's like, oh, I like it, like you know, medium well or well done. And I'm like, mom, come on, like just. <laughs> You're killing me, mom. She's killing me. Yeah, <laughs> you know she. T- you know what's funny is a lot of my worst cooking advice is just is things I've learned to stop doing since I've become pretentious about cooking. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, you guys want to get into the? Make sure you eat yeah. your steak with ketchup. Oh, hey, hey. Actually, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't 
All right, cool. We're just going to come at people for like how they cook their steaks <laughs> and not what they eat them with. All right. All right. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not exactly. That's that's not insane. You know, it's, it's, it's a sauce. And granted, sure. here's the thing. The perfect steak does not need. Sorry. Need hold on. Sauce. Let's conclude the bit. So that has been the dump. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the worst advice that we had to offer. And now we're back in reality. Let's just say the perfect steak does not need sauce. All right, guys. I have one last question for you before we go ahead into our last segment of the episode. You ready? Yes. All right. What are some of the best cooking tips that you have ever gotten and or you would like to share with our listeners? Okay. I guess for me, the first thing would be uh, cooking, like Aaron kind of said about cooking things in bacon grease, or I said about cooking things in like the chorizo fat and the butter. Mm-hmm. Cooking things in fat so worlds adds worlds and worlds of flavor. You know, mm-hmm. the, it, it just, it opens up your world. So like pay attention to whatever your dish is having you prepare things in. What oil, what butter, what fat or whatever, because you're going to find a lot of flavor there. It's going to be really delicious. Another cooking tip I'd like to give is um if you are going to be somebody that like cooks meals for yourself at home, it doesn't have to be fancy, but get yourself a chef's knife and maybe a steak knife uh, for cutting bread and actual steak or whatever. But really, it's the only knife that you're going to need in the kitchen when preparing dishes. It's a great like starter knife for everybody. If you get yourself a decent chef's knife for a few bucks, you're going to get a lot of utility out of it. Don't waste your money on getting a knife block. It's not necessary. It's a- and get a knife sharpener. For sure. If you don't know how to use a whetstone, get like one of those uh, knife sharpeners, that easy sh- knife sharpener, because it's very, very dangerous. And I cannot stress this enough. It's very, very dangerous to prep your food with a dull knife. Because yeah. more times than not, you will end up slipping off of your food and then that knife edge is just gonna go right into your skin and yeah, yeah and then some and it's never fun. Uh, Don't knife buy is a rice cooker. Uh, yep, yeah, rice cooker. Rice cooker is good. Great tool. But if you know how to cook if you know how to cook rice in, in a pan, maybe a rice cooker is not needed. If you're gonna make rice pilaf or dirty rice or arroz con pollo or, or arroz amarillo, you know, it requires that you toast the rice a little bit and, you know, you cook it in broth. And usually that, you know, you just cook that in a pan or, or something a little bit bigger. Hmm. Under, um, if it's your first time cooking and you're not, you're not sure about how much to, to season, under season, consider adding smaller amounts of seasoning and even undercook a little bit. To a degree, because if you overcook, you can't you can't undo that. If you overseason, you can't undo that. So I agree with that completely. Under season, undercook, you can always ramp up to it, and that's how you learn and how you get to pay attention to how your food tastes and how your food cooks. Having proper utensil, be it a cast iron skillet, a, a nonstick pan, a good tall saucepan, or, or whatever, a good cutting board. Maybe it doesn't have to be good. Just get like get yourself a surface that you can cut things on. Decent cutting board that doesn't move around so that you don't injure yourself. This is a great episode for any postgrad or somebody <laughs> who's getting their first apartment or yeah. their first dorm experience. Oh, one other thing, going back to the seasoning, as you add stuff into the thing that you're cooking, continually taste it and then season, adjust the seasoning as you continue to go. Don't just season at the very last minute because you can, that's a surefire way to either over-season or under-season it. You know what I kind of find as I make dishes is I find that like as I'm going through my dish, I'm I'm actively tasting it to kind of see like, okay, how is this turning out? Like what I'm like, you know, is this turning out right? So by the, a lot of times a good judge of like, I made the dish right for me is if I'm half full by the time the dish is done. <laughs> if I'm already like, all right, you know, I don't know if I'm as hungry as I was when I started making this food. That's a good sign because you're, 
you're making you're checking in constantly to make sure that you're making a good dish don't walk away from the fire unless you want the fire department to come join you well it depends on what you're cooking if you're slow cooking or if you're simmering a broth on low for a few hours that's fine but for the most part if you're cooking something don't walk away fire is fire no matter what it'll bite you if you don't you know, pay attention something that might be actually kind of timely for now since you mentioned slow cookers is a slow cooker they can you can make really great oh, yeah. meals Absolutely. Like, one thing I like to do is take a little cut of like roast beef, toss it in the slow cooker, use like a cream of mushroom or something like that, like just a Ooh. soup can from, from and it like, like a dollar soup can. Toss that in with the beef and put it on low or medium. You know, if, if you're going to be around all day, do this in the morning and that's dinner, baby. It's, it just has to sit there all day and simmer and uh, it'll be Could ready by the time. a little bit of rice to that? Could you serve that with like a little bit of white rice? And sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. That white sounds, rice thing, man. That's, Aaron, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, white rice man, and vegetables. That sounds really good. As, as I said earlier, like sometimes I don't have a whole lot of time to cook. So one of the things that I like to do is try to cut down cooking time by simplifying some things. I typically buy frozen vegetables, which I... I don't have a, I don't have a whole lot of time always to like cut everything up and like this is this is for me like if I'm making a meal for somebody else maybe I'm not going to use this I would use like fresh produce but mm -hmm. I like to make like rice bowls for myself with chicken bacon eggs rice and vegetables and I'll use like frozen veggies a, a lot there's nothing wrong with that especially if it's for you it's pretty cheap it's it keeps forever I buy four or five bags of frozen veggies like every four or five months <laughs> and and I'm set for a while. Contrary to popular belief, frozen veggies are actually packed at the peak of their freshness. So technically it's preserved. The only thing that you really have to worry about is like, you know, the 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 freezer damage, the freezer right. burn that kind of Yeah. Burn. You know, you make it timely. That's why, like, if you have the time, if you have the resources to buy fresh. By all means, do so. But if not, if you're always on the go, or if you're on a budget and you just, you know, you can't, you you can't get to the market on a Saturday, and you know, this is what you got. There's nothing wrong with cooking, like you know, with frozen vegetables or canned vegetables. Those are on point, and it's significantly cheap. It stays within your budget, and believe it or not it's still pretty healthy. You know, the main reason why they started canning in the first place is to actually preserve food, but to preserve the food's freshness too. Yeah. So absolutely, you're absolutely right. I highly recommend Bird's Eye is probably like the best mm -hmm. brand of frozen mm -hmm. vegetables that I've come by. They, they they taste really good. They still taste pretty fresh. So Chris, when you said going to the market, I think this is a really fun cooking tip because I'm kind of pretentious, but I, I realize that. So like I I'm a big fan of making things fresh, but I'm one of those people that sometimes I work harder when I should be working smarter. So like you guys talking about like using like frozen vegetables and things, it's a smart play because to be honest, you don't need it. You don't need and or want to spend as like much time in the kitchen. To be honest, like find uh, it's a good tip to find conveniences like um, Dr. Compost and Drippings are mentioned. Like if there's something you don't feel like doing, they're probably going to be shortcuts to it. Ask questions, like ask your friends, like, hey, how do you do this or whatever? So I think that's a really helpful tip. As for the, when you brought up markets, it made me think about um, one thing I've done the past few months during the pandemic is I've gone to the farmer's market a lot more. It was mainly because I was making, I had a recipe I wanted to make and I couldn't find an ingredient. And I was like, where else can I go to find this ingredient? I was on this hunt for this particular cut. And I remember I went to Giant. I went to like Wegmans. I went to a couple other grocery stores. And I was like, where on earth am I going 
going to find this thing. And then I called Drippins and I was like, hey, I don't know where I can find this. And he was like, well, try going to a butcher shop. And the butchers I knew of were like located in the different like local farmers markets. So I went to one in Harrisburg and I went to one in like the West Shore area and none of them had it. They had one of them had like a smoked pork jaw, but it like none of them have it. And so then I started looking for pancetta, which is a lot easier to find. But it was like part of like the journey. But basically, during that whole journey, I went to a couple places I hadn't normally gone to or called some places. And one of those places was the farmer's market. And I started going there because I was like, okay, let me just find this like one ingredient. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's like so many different like shops and whatnot. And so I had a really nice time kind of like discovering like a completely different source of where I can get my products, but also realizing if I'm doing this, I'm also supporting local businesses and i'm getting really great fresh products i'm cooking a lot more because i'm like you know kind of using stuff like within a span of a week or whatever so that's one tip i i would give out if you're trying to like be a little bit more adventurous with like what you're doing in the kitchen is maybe find some ingredients from your local farmer's market because you might also be supporting you know some local companies in your own community you find great products and also one thing i've really liked about going to the market is because i'm a big fan of a sense of community is i've gotten a lot more familiar with some of like the owners of some of the different shops in places and so when I go there now, there's a little bit of familiarity. They kind of know like, hey, so like uh, TJ, what are you making this week? Or they they know what my order is going to be. Cool. And so it feels really, really good because I'm like, oh, like this is kind of that familiarity. And it just, it, it feels good. So that's something I like to recommend. Going back to what you said, you know, buying fresh and whatnot. If you buy your ingredients whole, like, you know, you buy a big slab of meat or whole vegetable, whole fruit, all those things, guess what? You're going to have to break them down and you're going to have to mm-hmm. process them in such a way that, you know, you can use them in, in your cooking. So now it becomes practice. You get to practice your knife skills. <laughs> so, uh, it's true. Yeah. So bottom line is, you know, if you want to get good in the kitchen, you got to practice not just with cooking, but with prepping. That goes with using a sharp knife, using a good you know, butcher block or cutting board, all those things. Yeah. Whenever you have the time, whenever you have the resources to get those fresh ingredients, by all means, go ahead and do so and practice. That's how you get good. Okay, guys, it's time to get into our last segment of the episode. It's time for our Rotten Rex, where each week the host recommends something to the other to try so we can kind of just try something new. And each week that we have a guest, we ask our guest to bring a group recommendation to us. So in a little bit, we'll actually hear what Drippin's recommendation is to us for the week. But now it's kind of time for us to review what we went over last week. And so for me, last week, I was given the recommendation to watch the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. However, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do this because if I was able to rent it, sure, no problem, fine. I didn't think enough to go to Redbox. I tried to just like rent it digitally and you could only buy it and it's like no less than like 13 bucks. And I was like, well, I don't want to buy it if I don't like know if I like it yet, you know? Yeah. So that's the record that I didn't do. And I talked to Dr. Compost and he said that it was all good. Um, mm-hmm. However, the two things that I did get a chance to do is one is that Recycle PhD recommended that we all watch The Haunting of Bly Manor. And I did check that out. I was worried it was going to be a horror thing, but it wasn't scary at all. It was way more of like a drama than like, like it's kind of like a gothic drama than like an actual scary experience. We actually watched this together. I think I might watch through the rest of the series, just kind of unravel the mystery. Yeah, it was interesting. So I really like watching a show like this where the the story kind of unfolds as you watch it because it kind of, you can guess at what the symbology is in certain episodes. You can kind of guess what parallels there are between characters and stuff like that. 
Yeah, there were a lot of things that happened while I was watching, and I was I was nervous because, as it is noted on the show, I do not like watching scary things or things that are like horror. Like, don't scare black people. That's just <laughs> that's my motto for life. Don't try to scare black people. But it wasn't at all scary, like whatsoever. But I was I kept like talking to Aaron during the thing, and I kept like looking at my phone, and I. <laughs> I was just like trying to distract myself from like getting to it because I was like, I'm not trying to be scared. I'm not trying to get scared. But it wasn't like that at all. And like there was a lot of things that happened. What you would like look at your phone and then you would pop back up and something had like occurred. It was like, oh, you actually have to kind of be like paying attention to what's going on. Landfield, did you um did you get a chance to check it out as well? I did not, unfortunately. Chris Compactor had recommended stuff as well. Yeah, yeah he um, did. I was going to get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, no, but um, in, re- in regards to Recycler PhDs, no, I did not get to his, unfortunately. But it's good to hear that, like, you guys seem to enjoy it. So I think you'd like it a lot, actually. Yeah, I think you would. I would think you should give it a shot. See, see like, me, like, like sometimes, like, I'll experiment with, like, like scary stuff, like, mm. on, like, YouTube. Like, I'll watch, like, or I'll listen to these things called creepypastas, which are, like, very, like, oh, yeah. like stories. Um, or usually, like... I just call them like jump scare videos, but like okay. video, I guess we're going to call them like the like real life, like scary videos or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. th- but that's like on like say rare occurrences. It's not something like I would like, delve into like every single night, you know, but gotcha. more kind of like a, like Halloween or something like that, you know? So, okay. Yeah. As for the other group rec that we got last week, Compactor asked us to, well, he gave us, he gave us two different recs because yeah, yeah, uh, one of them was very challenging. He asked us to either write for 15 minutes a day for seven days mm-hmm. in a row or to watch the Andrew Scholes special on Netflix. And so I'll be honest, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit. Let me rephrase that. I didn't want to challenge myself, but I thought it'd be good for me to try to do it because it's really hard for me to like stop looking at screens or taking in audio all the time. So I was like, okay, like kind of me stepping away for like a minute to write, let's try this. And it wasn't even me trying to be creative. It was, I just, you know, instead of like writing like fiction or whatever, I just started journaling, which is something I used to do a lot when I was a teenager and I had a lot more angst. (laughs) But um, what I found interesting is I was, as I was writing, is that comparing it to like how it was when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I had so much angst or whatever, and I felt like super alone in everything. So I feel like a lot of the stuff I wrote, like when I look back on it now, it's very interesting to see the weight behind it. Whereas I think I've just become boring now because all the stuff I was writing about was like, well, today I have to do this on my to-do list. Like, and it was, it was very much like, a, I was like, yo, I might be kind of a square. Um, love like the, um, I talked about like a couple of things I had to do and I didn't have a lot of, I had like some thoughts about like, okay, like I'm like lonely or whatever. Like I wrote about like a little bit about that, but it really wasn't that much. Like I'm not really, I haven't really been unhappy these past few months. You know, I've, I feel like I've actually been kind of happy. So I didn't really have a lot of like a ton to dig through and process. And so it was mostly kind of just me writing about the day. But then there was a couple of times I got a little bit of like, oh, this is what I kind of think. But I was introspective, but it definitely felt different than like when I was a teenager. And I think that's partly because I found other ways to express myself. When I was a teenager and as a young man, the only thing I really knew was to play Pokemon and watch TV. I didn't really have a lot of friends to connect with or whatever. So as the, the man I am today... I have a lot of different outlets for a lot of different thoughts. And it was just interesting because I used to really love writing um, and journaling quite a bit. And there was a large part of me that missed it for the past 
gosh, like seven, eight years, I missed it a lot. And I guess once I started doing it again, like consistently, I kind of realized it's just something I moved on from. It's not really something I need to come back to. It's hmm. not really something new, but it was kind of interesting to explore that piece of myself again. Linfield, did you say you did the challenge as well? Yeah, um, I had actually, I actually have a journal like that I've had started back in probably, I would say June or July this past year and that I hadn't written in for a while. And typically like I would write in it and I had like a few journal on it entries up to this point but like I would typically write in it if I had like segments of like deep thought where I'm like oh yeah I could put like pen to paper if I really had something that I was like it was like really weighing on my mind and I thought okay I can write this down and then like in like a few months time I look back on it and it's like oh wow that was interesting that I was even thinking that you know because I think that's like the craziest thing about like journaling is like having those moments of like deep thought and you like jot stuff down and then coming back even like a week later and being like well that's crazy I didn't even don't even remember what headspace I was even in when I wrote that so I I know I did get to join in on the recommendations and whatnot but yeah it's brought memories too because i used to keep a journal as well and as i reflect on what i used to do keeping a journal you know i used to write down pretty much everything most of the time i just wrote about like my my girl troubles oh i used to write about those too (laughs) yeah And then, you know, it sort of like evolved from girl troubles to like, you know, my own insecurities from what I got, what, uh, you know, what I'm doing in college, you know, how much I'm wasting, you know, my time, my own fears, like, you know, not being able to find a job or, or not being successful or whatever, like, you know, all those things that I actually wrote down. And like, the more I thought about this, it's like, okay, you know, it's understandable that you would write those things, you know, it kind of gives voice to the stuff that's, that's weighing on your mind. I just realized I need to give my rec to, I think I'm giving it to Logan this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. All right. So this week, Logan, my rec for you, sir, mm-hmm. is um, I'm actually, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a bit of a challenge here. I'm going to give you two things. All right. Okay. So one, there's this documentary that Drippin's actually told me about that I watched on Netflix. It's really good called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. I want you to watch one of those episodes. And then yeah. two... You can make this more of an optional one. I would like you, I think you've maybe done this with me before. I want you also to watch an episode of Food Wars. Landfill, how did your individual rec go last week, sir? So Aaron had recommended to me. Um, <laughs> I don't like the look on Aaron's face. <laughs> TJ, TJ, you're probably going to get, uh, you might be emotionally scarred by this, but we'll see. What happened? I don't remember what his rec was. So his was um, Unraveled Rating Pokemon Edibility. Wait, so what? Like, <laughs> Rating, rating Pokemon edibility. So like how like Oh my god. Yeah. I don't <laughs> <laughs> It's so, a great video. It is. It is. So like the guy who's doing the video, he he first off he like listed like the Pokemon that like are inedible. Like the Pokemon that were like and these were like from like Deoxys and we'll just like say Yanthus <laughs> in there too. Imagine. Yeah. But like and like like a handful of like steel Pokemon like Steelix like for example like how would yeah. you do that? There's obvious examples though than like like far fetched like duck um like Vanillux is an ice is like an ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah, so there's like there's I'm obvious very scarred like by this. Yeah. <laughs> And Bye. he even he even made mention too, like he said, I'm basing these lists off of the Pokedex entries. For instance, like Slowpoke's tail. It says it in Gen 7, like Slowpoke's tail's cut off and made into culinary dishes. So like a lot of these like did make you think and like make sense, which is like very dark. <laughs> very dark. Um, no, I 
but I, but I, I enjoyed it because it was like, if you're taking it like from a real world perspective, like Pokemon were real. If they were real world animals, like how would they fit into like a culinary style? All right, Logan, what you got for me this week? All right, so I want you to check out this guy on YouTube called Shifer Bates. Um, he does a fantastic Gordon Ramsay impression. I think it's fantastic. It's stellar. Um, mm-hmm. I want I want you to watch this little short four minute video he does called Gordon Ramsay tries KFC. It's absolutely hilarious. Got it. All right. So for me last week, my recommendation was to check out Childish Gambino's album. Uh, it was three fifteen twenty twenty or was it three twenty five twenty three fifteen twenty. 1520. So it's his newest release, uh, came out last year, and it was really interesting. I really liked Algorithm. I thought that was a really cool song with kind of like the sort of like techno, like, but also kind of trappy vibes. Like, that was cool. I, I was surprised when I got like most of the way through the album and then Summer came on. Yeah. Uh, it feels like Summer. And I was just like, wait, I've heard this before. And I was like, oh, they named it a different title. Why did he change the title? I kind of wish that the song that like they didn't have just like the, the time titles kind of wish the songs themselves had like actual titles i think if you're doing that for the whole album that would make more sense as opposed to just like having the first like two or three songs have titles and then be like you know what screw it we're just going to name them the rest of them the timestamps. <laughs> but yeah no i liked it a lot i dug it it's it's a cool album i uh there are some songs that i'll probably be listening to a few more times i'm glad you liked it I'm glad yeah. you liked it you should check out the movie chef is that the yeah. one where john favreau makes that uh the uh spaghetti alio iolio for scarlett johansson mm-hmm. the midnight yes. pasta yeah okay, yeah. okay. okay. i will i will check it out all right we're coming to, to, towards the close of the show we need to get a group recommendation from drippins so sir what would you like the three of us to try so my recommendation is um, since everybody was looking at what to watch on netflix there's a thing in there called Berean pork belly chronicles oh you told me about this i haven't checked it out yet but it's in my queue korean um, pork belly rhapsody or rhapsody sorry that's that's what it was yeah okay all right sir well thank you very much for that recommendation now that we all have our recs um first of all uh thank you very much to drippins uh chris for joining us uh do you have any closing remarks before we uh ended the show yes everybody please stay safe wash your hands don't do what i do like picking your nose um so <laughs> wash your hands Wear your mask if you're out in public. Continue to social distance. Try to stay away from crowds and closed spaces, of course. And if and when that vaccine gets around, if you could, please get it, okay? I highly recommend it. Okay. So also a big thank you to Dr. Compost for editing the show and providing music for us. You can find his song Lessons and their other music uh, by their band Space Between on Spotify and other streaming platforms. Dr. Compost also streams on Twitch at twitch.tv v slash wispapedia that's w-h-i-s-p-a-p-e-d-i-a you can also find us at team trashcast on instagram and tiktok uh, if you want to shoot us an email to let us know what you think about the show, shoot us an email at teamtrashcast at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed Landfill's wonderful voice, he has a website that you can visit called www.logangyanks.com. That's www.l-o-g-a-n-g-y-e-i-n-g-s-t.com. And you can find me. You can find me, TJ, at King Compliment on Instagram and TikTok. I make sketches with some other friends of mine. And if you've made it to the end of the show, that you're listening i just want to thank you very much for checking us out we really hope you enjoyed the show i'm personally a big fan of talking about cooking and then we hope that you have a really wonderful great day thanks again for listening and with that being said smell you later, later.